Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Personally, I'm going offensive line. I'm going to address the offensive line first. And the reason being is that I think you can get great value at the 16th overall pick. But outside of that, Ron Rivera has taken a lot of criticism in his time in Washington, some of which has been very justified, some of which might be much uh, to say the least. One of the done very well is find defensive guys later in the draft. You look at a guy like Cam Curl, like Benjamin St. Juiced. I mean, those are impact players that have been found outside of the first to be trust this organization at the moment to find guys that will eventually become legitimate players on this organization and in this team in the third, fourth, and potentially fifth round. The offensive line is a little different. Yes, there is depth in this year's class, but there are some guys that could potentially be a pick number 16 that I would label as a guy you don't want to miss. Peter Skaronsky is one of them from Northwestern. Now, the likelihood that Skaronsky is available at 16, as we just heard from Rhett Lewis, could end up being slim. But hope it that quarterback on wide receivers early in the first round and on guys on the defensive line, on the edge rushers, because getting after the quarterback is just as important as having a quarterback. My hope is that there is a bit of a fire sale on those guys and your guys like a Peter Skaronsky slip to potentially 12 or 13. And if they get to 12 or 13 and you're Washington, you can start flirting with the idea of making a move to go up to 12 or 13 and to get them. 
Paris Johnson of Ohio State is in the same conversation. Uh, there's a couple other guys on the offensive line um, that actually might drop. I mean, uh, Antoine Harrison, Anton Harrison, excuse me, from Oklahoma, he might drop to 16, so you don't need to trade him to trade up to go get him. But if you see a guy like Peter Skaronsky that is going to be universally recognized as a top tackle that you can plug and play immediately if you draft him, and you're a team that is focusing on running the football this year, as Ron Rivera and Martin had told us at the end of the season. If you're focused on building a healthy roster around a, a young quarterback who's going into year number two in Sam Howell, because as far as we know right now, the plan is that Sam Howell is going to be quarterback one. They might bring a veteran to back up Sam Howe, which would make sense. You just want to have somebody that you can trust in the event that Sam Howe goes down or in the event that Sam Howe just doesn't live up to expectations. So I think they're going to bring in a veteran quarterback. But if you are going ahead as if Sam Howe is going to be quarterback one, you got to keep him upright. Pretty cut and dry there. He is not going to be a good quarterback if he's on the turf frequently. So you got to keep him up. If a guy like Skaronsky or Paris Johnson is available early in the draft, I view that as a can't-miss situation if you're Washington. You have to make that pick. You have to focus on the long-term benefits that that's going to have for your offense in the hope that Sam Howell actually turns out to be something that, for Ron Rivera, could save his job. Ron's coaching for his job. The likelihood that if a new owner comes in and Ron is still the coach in 2024, I understand. It's very, very slim, but I don't think it's 0%. I think if this draft is nailed by Ron Rivera and by the commanders, there is a possibility that they could stick around for 2024. I know off the rip, there are people that hate the fact that I just said that out loud. What? Ron Rivera in 2024? Denton? Absolutely not. I don't want to see Ron Rivera in 2024, but I do recognize if he knocks this draft out of the park and the team that was 8-8-1 eight, eight and one this season ends up winning a couple of more games, you get to double-digit wins, which hasn't happened often in the past 20 years, and you get to the postseason in a division that's going to be a highly competitive one next season and likely for years to come. Philadelphia is not going anywhere, and my guess is based on what we saw this year, New York has a bright little future ahead of them as well. The division is going to be competitive. Dallas, by the way, they're on the decline. They're on the Dak Prescott is not good. But the division is going to be competitive for years to come. If you can build around the offense around Sam Howell and keep him upright and get him guys that are going to be able to protect him, then you are cooking with gas. And you can start to look at the future and say, well, maybe there is something here. Maybe they do actually have this ship pointed in the right direction, and this is the benefit of actually giving a guy multiple years to build something up and honoring the length of his contract. It's a crazy thing in today's NFL when you see guys getting five-year deals and then axed after uh, one year and a couple bad weeks in year two. But I think there is some potential that Ron could stay. He just has to nail this draft. And I think nailing this draft at 16 or potentially moving up would be getting an offensive lineman that is going to be the anchor for years to come. They had a couple in previous years, and they now play for other teams. But knock this one out of the park, and you might have something. Am I right? Am I wrong? At the Denton Day on Twitter, you can chime in on the phones as well. 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. We will open up the phone lines next. Plus, 
I think I know why. There's been a great conversation on our airwaves today about Brian Mitchell getting into the Hall of Fame, a great article in the Washington Post. I think I know what's the holdup, and I do think it's obvious. I'll give it to you next. It's Overtime with Denton Day on 106.7 The Fan. It's Overtime, 106.7 The Fan. I am Denton Day at the Denton Day on Twitter. Our phone lines are open, and you can chime in on Twitter as well, at the Denton Day. 800-616-7, if you are the commanders, round of the draft, do you address the offensive line, or do you address defense in the secondary? Ray is in Potomac, Maryland, wants to weigh in. Ray, what's up? You're on 106.7 The Fan with Denton Day. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I really enjoy your show. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, thank you. I agree with you. I think the commander should address the offensive line. And uh, the only, I think the team that we need to look for are the Patriots because they're rumored to get an offensive lineman as well. But I think New England more or less is looking for the best tackle, not necessarily a guard. So I think Skaronsky, um you know, so they, you know, New England, I think, might target the uh, Ohio State. Was it Paris Johnson? Um, or Belichick might get Skaronsky because he does like players that are versatile that he can move up and down the line. So um, I think New England is the team that, that, you know, we need to watch to see what they do. And uh, if they go for the uh, Ohio State tackle, then I think Skaronsky could probably slip to us. And hopefully we don't have to, you know, trade draft assets to get them. Um, and then we can get the secondary uh, help, you know, later on in the draft, maybe the second or third round. Especially the guy that uh, your analyst was talking about uh, uh, was it Clark? Uh, uh, yeah, Keith Clark out of uh, out of Louisville. Ray, appreciate the call. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the the order of the first round here, right? And a lot of the teams in the top four, top five need offensive line help, but they also need quarterbacks. Like Houston is not going to draft an offensive lineman at pick number two, they're going to draft a quarterback, whether that be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. They're going to go get their guy. So it might actually come down to New England, who is going to be drafting. I mean, New England and Tennessee, who are going to be drafting ahead of Washington. New England at 14, Washington at 16. It is feasible to jump the Patriots. And you look at some of the – if Peter Skaronsky, for example, or Paris Johnson, but we'll just use Skaronsky as an example – if he falls outside of the top 10, Philly has 10th overall. If he falls outside of Philly, Tennessee has 11, Houston has 12, the Jets have 13, New England 14, Green Bay 15, and then Washington at 16. None of those teams are in the division, which means they could be open to trading with Washington. Tennessee could very easily make a trade with Washington, pick up a second or a fourth round pick later in the draft if they think that whoever they want, whoever they think their guy is, could be available still at 60. Just add another pick later in the draft, and you get some assets, right? Washington could easily do that, jump New England, and then end up with Skaronsky or Paris Johnson if they really love one of those two guys. It's very feasible, whereas in years past, specifically with the Justin Fields draft, the Giants weren't going to trade with the Commanders or the then Washington football team. They're not going to trade with a division rival knowing that that team is going to go draft a quarterback who, by the way, Justin Fields, 
the second best quarterback in that draft behind Trevor Lawrence. He was then. He very much is now if you paid attention to the NFL this year. So New York was never going to let that happen. But because we don't have a division rival that is in front of us outside of the top 10, all of those teams could be open to doing business with the commanders, which then bolsters the offensive line. It is overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Denton Day. Coming up next, I mentioned the Brian Mitchell article, a great article in the Washington Post about how Brian Mitchell should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree. He absolutely should be, but I think the reason he is not is obvious. I'll give it to you next. You're listening to Overtime with Denton Day on 106.7 The Fan. It's overtime, 106.7, the fan and the Odyssey app. I am Denton Day. You can call me D-Day. Hit me up on Twitter, at the Denton Day. And if you want to chime in, coming up in our second hour, you can do so, 800-636-1067. There was a great column written earlier today by Barry Sverluga on the Washington Post about Brian Mitchell and how he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And Barry's 100% right. Beamit should be in the Hall of Fame, but as I read the article, it became very clear to me why he is not. The NFL is not going to honor somebody who is great at something they are trying to remove from the game. I don't ask usually for fairness when it comes to the Hall of Fame. I'm like I really actually don't want the Hall of Fame to be fair. It should be reserved for the greats of the greats to ever play the game. I look at the other Hall of Fames in sports. Uh, I think baseball is a little too stick in the mud. People are a little too uptight. They take it just a tad bit too seriously. If you have a year where no one gets in, I think your Hall of Fame needs to be reorganized a little bit. But then on the flip side, uh, I look at the Basketball Hall of Fame and the Basketball Hall of Fame has daddy issues. Anybody can come in, right? Like they just need some sort of attention and some sort of affection. I think the NFL does their Hall of Fame really well, and it's like perfectly balanced between those two. But they're not perfect. And the fairness aspect, here's what I read in Barry's article that really put this in perspective for me. Barry said, no return men, no coverage men, fine. Special teams don't play as high a percentage of snaps as a quarterback or a cornerback. But given their exclusion, how is the Hall representative of the game's complete history? How does that reward the players who committed themselves to what Joe Gibbs believes is the, quote, heart of your team? That's a money-making paragraph right there from Barry's for Luga. But the reality of what the NFL is trying to do now is they are trying to take kickoffs out of the game. So how can you in 2023... Or 2024, because B. Mitch, unfortunately, is not going to get in in 2023. But in 2024, how can you honor a select number of people if you are trying to remove that from today's game? It almost puts you in a hypocritical stance if you are the NFL. And by the way, the NFL is wickedly hypocritical on just about everything else. But for some reason, this is the one thing they want to stand pat on. Anybody arguing against Brian Mitchell in the Hall of Fame is wrong. He is one of the best, if not the best ever, to return kicks and to return punts. The stats back that up. One person, one person has gained more all-purpose yards in NFL history. One person has done it more than Brian Mitchell. That's Jerry Rice. 
if you look at the all-time list of all-purpose yards, one is Jerry Rice, two is Brian Mitchell. One of those guys is in the Hall of Fame, the other one is not. How does that make sense? Well, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. If you're going to honor it for what it is, if you are going to honor greatness, Brian Mitchell's in the Hall of Fame. He has a combined 19,013 kick and punt return yards. The next closest person on the list is 4,000 yards away. And that's not going to be broken anytime soon. I mean, that might be one of those weird records in the NFL that is never broken. Brian Mitchell could end, whenever the NFL ends, as the all-time leading punt and kick returner, and he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. If the NFL wants to truly recognize the game, to honor its complete history, which I believe is what the Hall of Fame is meant to do. I don't like keeping guys out for personal-related issues. Like I remember a couple years ago, it felt like Terrell Owens got off of the ballot. He wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer because people didn't like him personally. I don't believe in that. It should be let what, what happened on the field and left exclusively to what happened on the field. There needs to be some way to get special teams guys into the hall. Because there's this crop of guys that have recently retired that deserve to be memorialized. I mean, think about this, right? Can you tell the entire history of the NFL, just in recent years, take the past, we'll say, 23 years. That's how long Tom Brady played. He just retired. We know he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So let's use his career as an example. Can you adequately tell the story of Tom Brady's career without special teams? The answer to that is no. Tom Brady won seven Super Bowls. His last four were won off of his arm. His first three had a great defense, and he had this one particular kicker that was really good at hitting field goals in clutch situations. If you strip Adam Vinatieri, if you don't fully recognize Adam Vinatieri, who was the greatest kicker ever for my money, if you don't recognize Adam Vinatieri as a Hall of Fame player, are you properly telling the story of the greatest player of all time's career? No. Because not only did Vinatieri do it with Tom Brady and the Patriots, he then did it with Indianapolis too. Helped Peyton Manning win a Super Bowl. Another guy that's in the conversation for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Special teams played a huge part in their career, so not having those guys represented in the Hall of Fame is hypocritical. But the NFL is in this position because they are trying to take what they view as something dangerous out of the game and wash their hands clean with it. And Brian Mitchell and Devin Hester and a number of other guys, because there's been a ton of great return guys that we have gotten to witness a number of other guys on the outside looking in because of wrongs that the NFL wants to pretend didn't happen. Now, that isn't fair. That's where I kind of cross the line and say, well, look, I'm not looking for full fairness when it comes to judging the greats of the greats, but not giving them a fair shake when you know how important special teams is to the game. I mean, if you ask Bill Belichick a question uh, about his quarterback, he might give you a three-sentence answer. If you ask him a question about a damn long snapper, it's like eight minutes. The dude goes on and on and on because he understands the importance of special teams. When Justin Tucker retires, he's been the best kicker in the NFL for like 10 years. 
the guy is automatic. You can't tell the story of the last 10 years of the NFL without Justin Tucker. Can you tell the, the story of the NFL without Mark Mosley? He won an MVP as a kicker, and he did it in this city. That's a Hall of Famer. If you, I feel like if you win an MVP in general, you should be recognized in some capacity in the NFL Hall of Fame because you were the best player for a, a single season. But doing it as a kicker, you should be in the Hall. Mort Anderson played for 25 years, 26 years, whatever the damn number was. I'm 27 now. That's a long-ass time, man. If you want to properly tell the story of, of what your league has been, you have to acknowledge the special teams. And in acknowledging the special teams, Brian Mitchell gets in. This article was also great for me personally because sometimes I do lose sight of the fact that I work with a guy that's one of the greatest to ever play a position in the NFL. Like, I literally see B. Mitch every single morning. I walk out of the 980 studios in our facility, where I produce for the wonderful Kevin Sheehan. I walk out of the 980 studios. I walk to the kitchen to fill up on some water because I'm a hydrated king. And to microwave my breakfast. My breakfast is usually some combination of sausage and eggs that I make the night before. And one of the first faces... I see is Brian Mitchell every single day. So admittedly, that does also impact my bias because I know that Brian Mitchell is a great human being. But I also recognize now more than ever because the article, like I'm watching, I'm seeing, I'm face-to-face with greatness on a regular basis. He was the model for a guy like Devin Hester. Now, I would say because I am younger, Devin Hester to me is the greatest returner that I've ever seen. The explosivity in his return game is absolutely unmatched. I mean, for crying out loud, he returned the opening kick of a damn Super Bowl. I mean, how crazy was that? You couldn't gamble at the time, but could you imagine putting a wager on the opening kick being taken back in the Super Bowl for something like plus, I mean, shoot, that probably would have been like plus 10,000. I mean, it had never been done before. It hasn't been done since, and Devin Hester did it. And the crazy thing is, everybody knew that Devin Hester was going to do it. That was the entire talk. Are you going to kick to Devin Hester? The Colts kicked to Devin Hester in, what was that, 2006, 2007, whatever year it actually was. They kicked to Devin Hester, and he takes it back to the house, looking at himself in the monitor as he's running back to take the opening kickoff back. Those two guys, Brian Mitchell, Devin Hester, they belong in the NFL Hall of Fame. Now, with all this being said, uh, the list of guys that are going to be in the NFL Hall of Fame as, as finalists right now and guys that are going to make it um i'm really excited about some of the some of the class uh joe thomas in particular love joe thomas that's a first ballot hall of famer right there darrell revis first ballot hall of famer i think those two guys are the only first ballot hall of famers i know dwight freeney is also eligible i would leave uh dwight freeney off of this but i would put joe thomas and i would put darrell revis in I think what's been lost in the years since Darrell Revis retired, and he is kind of annoying on social media, like he's way too petty for a guy that was one of the greatest to ever play his position. But what has been lost in the years since Darrell Revis retired is just how unstoppable and how locked down he was. I mean, an entire portion of the field was completely off limits for the opposition. He is quite literally what teams continually strive for when they draft cornerbacks high in the NFL draft. If Benjamin St. Juiced 
becomes half as good as Darrell Revis was when Washington plays man defense, that defensive back end is going to be set for the commanders. Like, looking at Darrell Revis' stats are unfair because teams literally didn't throw to him. So Darrell Revis is going to get in. Joe Thomas is going to get in. I do think that there should be room for Brian Mitchell. I mean, there's a couple wide receivers, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, and Torrey Holt. Pick your poison. The likelihood that all three of those guys are getting in is slim. Patrick Willis should get in. I think Patrick Willis was one of the great linebackers of an entire generation. I mean, really, what excites me most about this stuff is the fact that I grew up and I actually got to watch all these guys. Because when I was younger, it was a bunch of guys getting into the Hall of Fame that I never watched. Well, now I get to watch all these dudes. Like, I remember Patrick Willis. I remember watching Zach Thomas play and and Reggie Wayne and all these dudes. So that does excite me. But I believe that Brian Mitchell should be in. Devin Hester being a finalist does give me hope that eventually Brian Mitchell is going to find his way into the Hall of Fame, if not via supplemental or like old-timer, Hall of Famer, whatever it is. I don't want to call Brian Mitchell old because I don't think he is. Um, But it does give me hope seeing Devin Hester's name on this list that eventually he will get into the Hall of Fame and then the floodgates will open for the special teamers. But I do think that the more that we talk about this on platforms like this and on social media, I think it does encourage the NFL to kind of get their head out of their rear end and start to put guys that are deserving of the Hall of Fame, your Mark Mosley's, your Brian Mitchell's, Devin Hester's, and all these dudes, Justin Tucker's, Venetary, and guys that I am, like Matthew Slater, played like 18 years for the Patriots or something ridiculous just as a specialist. He was getting a check every single year because he was so damn good at covering kicks. That's a Bill Belichick guy right there. They deserved to be recognized, even if it isn't the typical, you know, the same honor that you're giving Tom Brady, if it is just the special teams wing of the Hall of Fame. Get those guys in there. Stop being your hypocritical NFL selves because you're trying to wash away uh, the dangerous play that you have deemed to be the kickoff if you are the NFL and let these guys into the Hall. I'm Denton Day. It's 106.7 Overtime on 106.7. We will continue to talk a little bit about the Commanders and their offensive coordinator search. That comes your way in our second hour. Coming up next, though, Saturday is a huge day for hockey fans. It's a huge day in this market. The Alex Ovechkin doc is going to drop on ESPN. What we should expect from that, plus big news personnel-wise for the Capitals today as well. I'll give that to you next. It's Overtime with Denton Day on 106.7 The Fan. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.